What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Culture FC, the weekly soccer show that's not really about soccer. We cover lifestyle, fashion, music, politics, all of the things happening off of the pitch, none of the stuff happening on the field. My name is Louie, and I am joined here with my amazing co-host, Alan. What is up? And this week, we returned to our roots, in a sense. If you have been following this show for a while or since the first couple episodes, you'll note that this episode follows the format that we did the first seven episodes of this podcast in. We actually just took a ton of different news topics that happened over the last week or so and have just decided to do a little bit of a a medium deep dive into each of them. Um, This has actually been one of the most fun episodes to record in a while because it's a lot of relevant, relevant information, and we were able to just kind of react as we should to this news, and you guys get to hear some of it. And I'm very happy and excited for this episode. Um, Lastly, I want to apologize for last week's episode being a little short. Um, I was hungover, we'll be perfectly honest here. I was having a hard time staring straight ahead, and so it was only about a half hour, so I do apologize to our every week listeners if that it was a shorter episode um we tried to make up for it this week and we really hope we did if you folks like this episode please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and leave us a beautiful glowing review because you love listening to our voices and you love our soccer insight um share with friends share with family help us grow we are always trying to put out the best content possible and your help is needed uh, if you folks like our stuff, follow us on Instagram at culturef.c. We post behind the scenes stuff. We always ask questions of our audience. We usually actually feature uh, our followers' comments on the episode as well. So if you want to get involved, please do so. You can find us at culturef.c. I think that about wraps up all of the intro and outro stuff. Let's jump into this amazing episode that I'm so happy we got to do. All right, guys, let's jump right into it. This week, we're going to be covering just a whole host of news topics. There's a a lot of kind of really interesting soccer news that's come out um, relating to all the culture. All the OG listeners will know that this was kind of our original format, so um, won't be surprised with any of that. But um, let's get right into it. We're actually doing this while watching Liverpool Man City games. So if you hear a whimper or a scream in the background, it's probably one of us rooting against Liverpool and Man City, but... um, I'm hoping for a big, big tie here today. Oh, yeah. Hoping um, both teams find a way to lose this game. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, okay, let's let's get into it. First off, we're going to be covering today um, something that's really interesting. Adidas had a collaboration with this uh, YouTube platform called Colors. And Colors, um, for anyone that may have seen it, I actually had not heard of it before this. But they're a platform on YouTube that they're kind of motto is all colors no genres so they have different artists come on and perform and they have this really cool kind of green screen background with just a color that kind of coordinates with what the artist is wearing that day but adidas had a collaboration with them to kind of showcase their new uh third kits that came out the the, uh manchester united pink the Juventus kind of gray. Would you call that gray? It's, it's like a yeah. It's like a grayish green almost. Yeah, has like hints of green in a yeah. Uh, it's pretty um, cool though. The Real Madrid, which is it's like an off white. It's a beige off white, and then the final one. Um, slipping my mind right now. Uh, the Bayern. The Bayern, correct. Um, so they have these different artists. They're all all four rappers performing these songs in the jerseys. Um, to kind of showcase the jerseys, but I just thought it was super kind of interesting that Adidas decided to put out their jerseys in this in this fashion um, to have a rapper kind of showcasing it. It really ties in with a lot of the things that we talk on this podcast of a having rappers <laughs> represent the sport a lot more to make it kind of more mainstream and cooler, um, but also just understanding that music is such an important part of fan culture yeah and i mean this isn't necessarily a a small youtube channel by any means you know they have close to two million subscribers and they've got some pretty pretty interesting people have come on on the channel before um and so sometimes people might have heard this and thought okay whatever it's just a small little collab that adidas does or whatever but this was genuinely like a pretty big thing for them 
Um, and, you know, they had J-Rock on here, like pretty sizable yeah, performers. Yeah, Mac, Mac DeMarco. I mean, they have a whole host of, and it's not just rappers. It's, again, artists of all different kinds. Yeah. And so it like, was really cool. Um, you know, some of the people are, of course, a little bit more obscure who are on there. But either way, it's a really cool way to get, I just like the concept. It's like simple, but it just works. And it, it just shows that Adidas has been going leaps and bounds above everybody else to make sure that they are the ones attached to the culture in soccer. Yeah. They are the ones who are always trying to get rappers involved. They're the ones who are always trying to do the most innovative things to make sure that, you know, they're putting out the culture. Yeah. Um, and so it's really cool to see it. And for sure. And, and, and as a marketing tactic, it's, I mean, it's pretty genius. If you look at the numbers that the videos have done, um, Gunna, who is like a really right now hot up and coming rapper, his video pulled in um, 773,000 views. Um, JID, another kind of up and coming rapper, uh, over half a million. So these videos are really getting the clicks. And for people that may have never seen these jerseys or may not know what it is, it's a pretty powerful aesthetic i mean if you watch the videos i find the color so attractive it kind of really brings your eye to it um and that's what adidas wants right to be like well, what is this guy wearing like this rapper famous rappers wearing this kind of um interesting jersey and, and it really brings a, an attention to it that that's different than just putting out an ad for the said jersey right and especially because what adidas did when they designed all these third kits for for these different clubs is that they looked at it and went all right well we want these to be worn by soccer players but we a hundred thousand percent want these being worn by people out in the streets every single day and they want it to be a cool thing you know they wanted to because we've talked about this so many times on this podcast about how it's soccer getting annoying how much <laughs> we bring it up but we think it's a brilliant idea so oh, yeah uh it's like Soccer jerseys are actual fashion. People yeah. have been doing this for years. All Adidas is doing is recognizing that people were using soccer as fashion and going, okay, well, if it's soccer as fashion, let's take it as fashion and put it in music, which is like a perfect blend. So I guess we're going to say it again. Kudos to Adidas <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so that's the, that kind of wraps that up. If you haven't checked that out, definitely check it out. We'll throw it in the show notes for you guys to see. But um, just really, really interesting to see Adidas doing that. Moving on to the next topic of this week, uh, Turkey's Erdogan defends German soccer players again. So the Turkish president uh, took a trip to Germany uh, recently to, I think it was to do a ribbon cutting ceremony yeah. for a, a mosque mm -hmm. in, um, in Cologne. And essentially he came out again and defended the German players of Turkish descent. And we've touched upon this briefly a couple of times in the podcast that it had been a, it had been coming up um if for those of you who don't know there was a picture of ozil shaking the hand of uh, of erdogan and he posted a caption saying my president yeah. and uh the people in germany kind of flipped out yeah um ozil is an easy target for germans for whatever reason yeah. they seem to kind of have a love-hate relationship with yeah. him um it was especially an issue during the world cup where it was kind of um obviously the lackluster performances that germany put out but there was also that tension of that, that kind of political tension from the fans towards a lot of the players. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people talk about how Erdogan's not necessarily the nicest person, <laughs> um, putting it lightly. Uh, he is not exactly everybody's favorite human being. Um, but Erdogan comes out and defends, especially Ozil and other players as well. Um, and even Gundogan as well uh, is the other one who's of Turkish descent. Yeah. Um, and Erdogan says that Ozil was ostracized and that as president, I could not stomach the fact that he was alienated. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of want to get your thoughts on this, Al, because it's such a funny thing that we find ourselves in, in this like nationalistic world where you can be both of one country and yeah. of another, because it just makes for very interesting conversations yeah. for, for the longest time. You'd be like, all right, you're, you're German or you are Turkish. And so that's kind of where you yeah. should kind of be or whatever. Right, right, but right. We're, clearly, we're not there now in 2018. It's a very globalized world. But yeah. Well, it's interesting because Ozil um, has retired from the German team, right? He's, he claimed that he was a victim of racism in, in the squad. And this has brought up uh, so much kind of tension in the German squad. Tony Cruz then came out after saying that and saying that no such racism exists, um, yada, yada, yada. But we've seen now, I mean, in several different news headlines that there is this there is this feeling, at least from some of the players that have been um, ostracized, the Ozils, the Gundigans, the, the Leroy Sanes, these guys who aren't necessarily um, 
your typical German player. They seem to have a lot of issues with the coach and a lot of just the philosophies that are going on there. Um, it, yeah, it's it's interesting because it's these outside political influences are having real ramifications on the way that fans see the the players, but also how the the players interact with each each other um, inside the locker room. Right, you're having. Um, Ozil can say, "Hey, I'm a victim of racism," and then you're having uh, a German guy, Tony Cruz, come out and say, "No, there's no such racism." And it's hard to be like, "Well, who do we believe here? Do we do do we think that Ozil is being genuine and um, he is a victim of racism, or or is there a lot of that political kind of tension that is that is causing him to be to feel so so victimized, or is Tony Cruz right in saying? I mean, I'm sure there's a fine line and there's there's right and wrong for both of them, but yeah, it's like these German players are fighting over things that aren't necessarily German related. <laughs> yeah, and and I love how you brought up uh, Leroy Sané because if you only looked at this from the angle of Ilkay Gundogan and Mesut Ozil, you would think, okay, you know, they they have Turkish descent. It's more of like a German slash Turkey problem. But as you see with even Leroy Sané, who is was born in Germany, has been in Germany his whole life, is 100% German by all means, but he may not look necessarily like what you expect a German person to look like, Yeah, uh, which I already think is a ridiculous yeah, yeah. concept That's for the, anybody. Right, right, right. That's the, the st- like stereotypical thing, right? When we bring that up, it's like, we're thinking of the the white, right? It's we're looking like, at Tony Cruz. Right. We're right, looking right. at That's Tony Cruz. Is the right, is what right, a, I guess right. the general yes. picture of yes, what we fall expect. Into, we fall into that kind of stereotype of saying like, oh, this person is German, and obviously that there's so many other racial connotations behind all that we don't really necessarily want to get into but yes continue which is exactly but that's the kind of the point right we don't you know i find that concept ridiculous you can look like someone from a different place and still be of a country right anyway the whole point of that was when we look at even Leroy Sané, who's been ostracized for literally anything, yeah. the guy can sneeze and, and yeah. newspaper tabloids will talk about how yeah. he's like unfit to play for the German yeah. team, like all of this ridiculous stuff. And then, you know, it begs the question, right? We don't actually know what's going on in this Germany camp, but after a amazing 2014 World Cup where they won the World Cup and, yeah. and literally took the world by storm yeah. to four years later crashing out of the World yeah. Cup in humiliating, humiliating fashion and having just like really bad press yeah. around this team. It's one of those things that really begs the question of what the hell is going on in that German camp, Yeah, right? Especially with um, with Leroy Sané, what was interesting is that he just came off a pretty remarkable season with Man City, right? Winning a league... Um, and then not getting called for that German side. When there were players on that German side who did a lot less than A lot did. less. And a lot of people were saying, well, he doesn't play that well for Germany. But it's like, oh, okay, I'm still going to take the best players. And um, there were a lot of games where Germany could have really used that added spark that he brings onto the pitch. Um, and, and that's a lot of reason why it was brought up in the first place of like, well, why is Leroy Sané not being considered for the squad when we have these guys who aren't, aren't better than him? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to see. And it's kind of, it's, it seems like it's being played out over the long run. It's not it, it like there was that initial kind of spark that came out when Ozil said that there was inherent racism in the squad and this and that, but it's, it's, it's been played out slowly. It seems like almost every international break, obviously when this, when they, go back to playing it gets brought up again and again and again it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the yeah long run. and i really hope we just kind of find out what it is and why it is that this is happening um but yeah it's it's definitely interesting for for a national team setup that everybody was revering you know a couple of years back thinking about how amazing they were and how they built their program up from the ground up to now being faced with this not necessarily racism but you know I guess racism, yeah. yeah. Racism, In a way, yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely. I mean, that's the that's what Ozil claimed. So yeah. I think we can say that it's a, a, an issue of racism. Um, how do you feel though? Do you think that there is inherent racism in the squad? Obviously, you don't have any insight into the squad. I am <laughs> not a German insider, <laughs> just guys. Based off of pure feeling, um, how do you? Uh, what do you think? So if it were just one person, if it was just one guy kind of complaining, I might, I'd be more willing to kind of brush it off and be like, you know what? Sometimes some things like that get misconstrued. But when you have it being, you know. You have the two instances of these Turkish-related, uh, I guess, players in, in Mesut Ozil and Ilkay Gundogan. That's already two. 
And then you have the issues that you've seen with Leroy Sané, who is, you're, are you, what you said that a lot of people have been saying is, oh, he doesn't play the same for Germany. The kid's 22. Yeah. You can't yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. You, you've given him a, a real fair shake at, at quote unquote playing the same for Germany as he does for Man City. Like, yeah, there's a lot of the factors that go, in, that go into that in terms of, you know, tactics and how he's used and everything like that. But the guy's 22. He's not 30 years old where you have to actually make a cut on him being like, okay, maybe he doesn't play that well and we only have so much time, so let's take someone younger. The kid's 22 years right, old. Right, he's right, right. plenty of time to show that he's class. Um, and so it, it does feel weird. It feels weird to me that there has to be something. There, there definitely seems that there has to be something going on in there um, because it seems like they seem very dis like disjointed right now as as a setup, but also way too many accounts from different sides have been kind of popping up. So I do think that something's weird. Do I know what it is? No idea, but it does feel weird to me. Absolutely. Okay, uh, let's move on now to an, a topic that we've talked about before, and it's Chinese football, um, and just how interesting that whole Chinese football setup is. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it's one of our earlier ones, so please go back, listen to it. Um, it it's a very, very interesting deep dive that we took into that, so for sure. But so China in this kind of revolution that they're trying to have with their footballing, they're trying to make the next Messi be the next great um, footballing nation in the world. Um, they've taken some interesting steps into trying to develop players. Now, um, coming towards the end of the Chinese season, they're going to be taking three weeks out, pulling out a 23 players-ish um, to train in a soccer camp, basically. It's kind of like a um, long training camp before the, um, the Asia Cup. And what, what's going to happen is they're going to be pulling out a bunch of these players from their respective club teams and having them kind of work together as a team. Uh, this might seem like an interesting, um, an interesting strategy to develop a strong national team, but what's happening is they're actually going to be pulling out a bunch of players right towards the end of the season when their clubs are going to be needing them um, for cup finals and end of the Chinese regular season. And more interestingly is that these players are actually going to be kind of like B team players. So they're not even like the A stars that um, China would take for the Asia cup. They're players that are kind of on the fringes. They're not the, the, the big superstars. So what's happening in China is people are really complaining like, okay, you're getting rid of a bunch of these. They're taking away these players from their club teams when their club teams really need them in this kind of final um, push of the season. These players are not going to be getting their match bonuses not going to be getting paid who's going to be taking care of all of that etc cetera, etc cetera. um so i wanted to bring it up to you like how do you feel about this strategy for developing a national team is it do you think it's the right strategy so the funny thing about this is that for for u.s soccer fans it's not a foreign concept every january the u.s uh women's team and the u.s men's team have a training camp in january um for a few weeks they'll take several different players they have a training camp uh, going on. So it's not exactly a foreign concept to us here in the United States. The only difference is, is that that training camp is happening in the off season. It's there. It's not like it's, you know, let's per think about it this way. What the Chinese FA are doing is as essentially if like two weeks ago, they took all the best MLS players and we're like, Oh, Hey guys, sorry. All of these guys right here are not going to be able to play for the last six games of the season. Yeah. And they're going to miss the MLS cup. Yeah. And you're going to, and you're going, wait, what? Why? And it's yeah. like, oh, oh, because we're training for the national team. And you're yeah. like, but buddy, we, we, we have tickets we sold. We have yeah. games we have to play. There's a final coming up. And yeah. they go, oh, yeah, we don't care. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what I would kind of equate to it. But to answer your question, I think like training camps are good, especially for up and coming countries. It's a good way to kind of get everybody on the same yeah. page. And especially it's it seems like a good way to kind of quick uh, jumpstart the... The preparation of your of your national team because yeah. it's not like it's brazil or italy or these more traditional old school teams who have had you know close to 100 years to build up their setup and make sure everything's perfect a lot of these countries are coming up from hey let's try to accelerate this in as many like as few years as possible yeah um but what is interesting about this is that they aren't the first teamers it's yeah. these they, they're pulling 55 guys from the 55 different guys who were essentially the B team yeah. of the Chinese national team. So it's almost like 
why couldn't yeah. you have waited till the season yeah. to end is there you it's know 50, 55 guys that are, are really fighting for fringe spots on the national team it's it's almost like a tryout of sorts um which is just ridiculous it, it, their club teams need them right they're, they're at the final stretch they're trying to win trophies but they're getting pulled out um the superstars per se are not going to be there so I, it's just confusing as to what's going on and this kind of falls in line with a lot of just conf- like really confusing decisions that the chinese federation has taken um they at first were trying to make the chinese super league the most competitive super league in the world um spending ridiculous money on new players and then the, the next year they changed the rules so that now you can only have is it three foreign players? Um, the rest of the squad had to be, has to be Chinese or Asian. Sorry, or, I think it's uh, it's three foreign players, but you could have. There's also uh, allocated slots for Asian uh, players, okay. so you yeah. can have like South mm. Korean players, uh, okay, Japanese yeah, yeah. players, even Australian yeah. players. Oh, but cool, even cool, so, cool. like yeah, I don't know. So a lot of people are just are, are commenting on how just it's hard to to really believe in the Chinese Super League right now because their, their, their rules and their regulations change every year. Um, people don't know what's going to stick. Right, and it's funny because when we did the episode on the Chinese on Chinese soccer, it was because it had been something that had been a fervor for years where they were buying these pretty like up-and-coming stars and even big, big stars You're like right. Tevez. And you had players like Jackson Martinez who had like all the future in the world and at yeah. like 24 years old just went to China to make, you know, millions and millions right, and millions right, right. of dollars. And so it was genuinely exciting for a little while because you were like, oh my God, is China actually trying to build the league? Right. Yeah, are people genuinely going to start caring? And a lot of people did start to slowly start caring. But then all of a sudden, China go, the Chinese Federation were like, Oh no no we can't keep doing that yeah. we're gonna change course completely yeah. and now you can only have you know um like three foreign born players it almost seems like they started to get like sucked into their own kind of success yeah. in a way it was like yeah, oh yeah. cool we're seeing that the league is growing really quickly let's completely take it to try and make the next Messi and right. Ronaldo that is Chinese right? They, right they're just like let's prioritize the um development of our national team over the league and yeah. it's like but yeah, yeah. you just spent so much time to develop the league yeah. why why and that throws switching? off these clubs like future plans right teams don't just plan like a month ahead like oh okay this year we can only sign this many players like they're planning years ahead and what they can do and their strategies and if the league keeps changing their rules it, it makes the, it makes it hard to really run a club successfully in that way oh yeah and so it just seems like a giant meddling attempt yeah. by, by the Chinese Federation and it's like it shouldn't be surprising to anybody because if you follow politics at all like this is kind of just how China does things like they the, the Chinese government yeah. controls everything yeah. and if you yeah. listen to the if you go back and listen to that Chinese episode you'll see that they actually have a huge hand in how the the Chinese soccer federation is run right um, it shouldn't be necessarily shocking um, because they are just trying to make China the best country in the world at everything, despite the fact that they're also shooting themselves in the foot massively by doing things like this. Yeah, for sure. It, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next uh, uh, three to five years, I'd say, because this is a crucial time for China if they really are trying to build um, a competitive national team squad, but just build a competitive league in general um, to see if they learn kind of <laughs> that they need to make some crucial decisions and stick with them for the long term. And, and this is something that um, we talk about with the MLS. It's like they have some some ideals and, and kind of the way that they structure their things right now that are iffy in terms of like world football, um, but they stick to it. They're, they're playing the long game and they believe in their strategy, um, whereas the Chinese Federation right now doesn't seem to really have a concise... Um, idea on what they want to do to build their national football so in terms of like the contrast it's like you have this chinese super league that's almost super fickle and they're just trying to go with like a, a fad decision to build their league the mls is is playing the long game they're playing it smart and it's um it's a different strategy than the chinese super league but it'll be interesting to see over these next three to five years to see if, if the Chinese Super League um, can really keep it together. Yeah, and I, I love the comparing and contrasting of the MLS with the Chinese Super League because at the end of the day, both countries want to be the best in different ways. Of course, the MLS wants to eventually be one of the you know top five leagues in the world. 
Whereas China wants to be, have the best national team and also develop next Cristiano Ronaldo because of the nationalism that comes yeah. from soccer. Right. 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 And we've, we, if you've ever taken a history course, you know how important nationalism is oh, to yeah. people in power. Um, so it'll be cool. It'll be also, also really cool to watch and compare and contrast it with the MLS. Speaking of the MLS, um, for those of you who do not know, FC Cincinnati will be joining the MLS next year. Um, and this is a club that is only a few years old from the USL, which is, I don't know, whatever level in the US soccer pyramid. I think it's the second pyramid, second level, but not that it's really a pyramid because they don't believe in promotion relegation. Um, but anyway, the whole point of this, with my weird little rant here was in Cincinnati, uh, I we stumbled upon an article and it was, are the Cincinnati Reds, a baseball team, losing ground to FC Cincinnati in the battle for fans? Um, and this was very genuinely interesting to me because what I always love to talk about with people um, who don't necessarily understand soccer and they talk about how, oh, soccer is growing, but I don't think it'll ever be that big in the United States. I will also tell people that the amount of people who sit down to watch MLS games are starting to eclipse people who sit down to watch yeah. uh, baseball games. Yeah. And this article kind of proved it to me. Um Essentially, FC Cincinnati has been kind of taking the USL by storm. They actually broke a record of uh, the most uh, people at a Division Two slash USL pro game with about thirty four thousand people at a game. Like, oh wow! Like that's a lot of people. Yeah, there are clubs in the MLS, a lot of them in Texas, <laughs> who cannot seem to get like nine thousand people in the yeah. stadium. You know, you look at a game that like the Colorado Rapids play and there's empty seats everywhere. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? But for a, a club in FC Cincinnati who, you know, they aren't even in the MLS yet. And they've been doing this for years. This isn't like a thing where it's like, oh, we're going to go to the MLS. Let's go pack the stadium. It's a matter of they've been doing it out of genuine love for this club for years now. And so what I find super interesting is that um, I'm just trying to pull up the stat here. Um Basically, the, someone did the breakdown of the average same-day game attendance of the Cincinnati Reds and FC Cincinnati. Um, they're both in, in Cincinnati, the city proper, and so they are relatively near each other. And so basically, someone took the uh, average attendance of people who go to the FC Cincinnati games and average attendance of people who go to the Reds games on the same day mm. and compared and contrasted. In 2016, the average uh, same day game attendance for FC Cincinnati was about 19,000, whereas okay. the Reds had about 24,000. Oh, wow. So, okay, a good sizable yeah. chunk. In 2017, FC Cincinnati had about 21,000 people on the same day, and the Reds had 24,000. Mm -hmm. Still not much change for the Reds, yeah. but still a, a good chunk. Yeah. In 2018, uh, FC Cincinnati is, is, about, is at about 24,000 on the same day as as the reds and the reds had about 25 um of course that is a little it could be a little bit skewed because i don't know how often they play on the same day yeah um and the reds so the reds currently rank 24th in major league baseball out of 30 30 teams in terms of average attendance so you know not great yeah um but uh what is interesting in all of this is that um for the F for the Cincinnati Reds, the uh the distributed tickets for this game that is happening this weekend, I believe, was about forty two thousand tickets uh given out. But mm -hmm. then people at the actual game said it was a lot closer to like twenty six thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um whereas at FC Cincinnati you have thirty thousand people regularly showing up. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, all of my numbering that I just did here. All I the was, math. All the math here, the whole point of it was FC Cincinnati is uh, making up a lot of ground yeah. on a pretty major sports franchise mm -hmm. that has been around for a very long time. Um, and this is a club that is really not that old. And it just shows that people genuinely love the clubs that they have a connection with. Um, I remember you actually sent me a link to a video that the MLS YouTube channel did on FC Cincinnati. Yep. And it just started to show how much the people actually genuinely care about this club despite the fact that they are pretty new. Yeah. So what I find super interesting with FC Cincinnati and a lot of these kind of more recent up-and-coming teams, um, as of recent in the MLS, is that they are building extremely loyal fan bases. Um, and it's so different from the fan bases that exist for current sporting teams in those cities. And I think about, I'm not going to harp on the Atlanta Uniteds, but... 
teams like Atlanta United, Seattle, um, Portland Timbers, these teams that have super loyal fan bases, they build connections with the fans where it doesn't seem like the fans are just fans. The, the fans aren't just necessarily there to pay to go watch a sporting team. Um, they're building connections with players. And in that video for the FC Cincinnati, we see that the the board of FC Cincinnati goes out. They're, they're out, it seems like, every weekend trying to create connections with fans, getting fans involved with the people. And I think that those things are really paying off because we're seeing these people show up to games in masses, making noise, feeling like they are a part of the club. Um, in a division, by the way, that is technically considered the second division. Right. And it's so amazing to see now how, how these fans are um, coming in masses to watch the games, to support their clubs. And it's showing up f- fan bases for other sports. These sports are like football fans, basketball fans, baseball fans are not do not compare... In any of uh, in any sense, to the best supporters groups in the MLS already in the, in my eyes, because if you look at it, some I was thinking about this the other day, and it's like in sports outside of outside of the MLS right now. Do you ever say like I'm scared of my team going to travel to that team? No. Because the fans don't play a role in those games at all. It's like I'm scared of I'm I'm scared of the Celtics playing the Golden State Warriors because the Golden State Warriors are a good team. But I never say like I'm scared of of going to that place because their fans are going to make a difference. In the MLS, that's different, right? You go to Atlanta's home pitch that the fans are going to make a difference. Those seventy thousand people staring at you screaming, screaming is going to make a difference. Play, making playing their songs and enchanting all game long that's going to make a difference and it's been taking other sports in the u.s by storm it's like what are these guys doing right the the atlanta united fans when we talked about it in the atlanta united po- um, podcast with austin long and how they're trying to bring that culture to the the falcons and it's it's something completely different that america has never experienced and i think that Americans love it, honestly. And now that it's picking up, it's just amazing. Right. And the thing about that is I was speaking to someone this week, actually, about this uh, this person I was talking to didn't really necessarily hate soccer, but also wasn't like a fan. He, he loved football and loved baseball. And he was talking about how like, oh, yeah, like MLS is kind of growing. And I'm like, yeah, dude, but you're saying that as if it's like some tiny little sport that you're just kind of brushing off. And I, I, tried, I tried to explain to him how big... Uh, the MLS is in comparison to other sports. Um, And I started showing him videos about Atlanta United and how the fans were. And I was trying to transmit that message of just how connected these fan bases are. And one thing that we touched upon that is very interesting is that mainstream media is playing a key role in keeping soccer out of the limelight for so long. Um, And who I'm speaking about in terms of this is ESPN, ESPN, and some other of the big sports quote-unquote networks, they're not giving soccer its fair shake. Um, they'd rather show baseball highlights when, yes, I understand the irony of this. I am sitting 20 minutes outside of Boston, and yeah. the people here are absolutely obsessed with the Red right. Sox. But at the same time, other parts of the country, baseball is not that important anymore. No. People really aren't going to baseball yeah, games. Yeah. It's not their jam Select anymore. few cities in the U.S. Select few cities actually care about their baseball team. One of them being Boston, the other yeah. one being New York. Other yeah. than that, there's sporadically spread out. If you yeah. ever see, have a chance of seeing the Oakland A's on yeah, television, yeah, yeah. it's like one dude and his like son watching oh, yeah, the game yeah, yeah. in a, in a yeah. huge stadium. You know what yeah. I mean? But what I'm trying to say is it feels like the... ESPN and these other sports networks for the longest time had such a bias against showing anything that wasn't football, baseball, basketball, that it's gotten to a point where it's like, well, if you actually gave it a fair shake and you were pretty open and adamant about all of this, I can guarantee you that the MLS and soccer in the United States would grow, you know, at a more incredible rate. Luckily, we didn't need that because it's such a phenomenal sport and, and the fan bases have been growing so much that no matter how hard they try to avoid it, it's impossible. Right. Um, you know, which we've actually seen over the last couple of years, Fox Sports has been taking a very adamant approach to showing a lot more MLS soccer and not just international soccer. ESPN has been getting more involved and in actually showing more games. But even so, if you watch SportsCenter, which yeah. is what a lot of people on ESPN uh, watch yeah. ESPN for, they don't talk about soccer. No. They have the ESPN FC, but that gets shown in like 
fucking midnight Eastern time. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like a ridiculous time. Um, Plus, the guys on there kind of suck. If we're being yeah, perfectly yeah, honest. yeah. They, they're really just like these old farts that don't really like excite me at all. And they just say crazy things to say crazy things. But yeah. like, yeah, you're right. You watch ESPN. Um, I, have so, I have so many issues with ESPN that I can get into right now. But like, um, it's like a two-minute segment out of the hour sports-long segment. It, it covers very basic things. The the people talking about soccer to have no idea what they're talking about. Very rudimentary. Like, I've never seen Stephen A. Smith have an adamant conversation about anything, like, outside of the sports that he covers, basketball, football, whatever. Well, my favorite part um, is when they try. Oh, my gosh. It's ridiculous. And then, and then, this is... Okay, so now I'm going to go down this hole because... And then, fucking Sports Center's top 10 plays, if, if you... I, I can't even begin because I just don't really like baseball, but like no baseball play is more exciting than a just average soccer play. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like maybe a grand slam in baseball or like some stupid, but like sometimes they just so regular catches that end up on sports centers top 10 where it's like a, a mediocre goal in the MLS right now with just like a few flicks is more interesting and more exciting than that play. Yeah. And I'm just like, put some effort into actually looking into what's happening in the MLS. Like, do we have the MLS show that we cover every weekend? The number of exciting goals that happen on one weekend would take up th- th- three to four spots that baseball is taking up right now on SportsCenter's top 10 plays. And like, it may not matter, but when they show a top 10 play on ESPN, that's what a lot of younger kids are, are watching. And if you can excite them with these exciting plays, like that does fucking matter. Yeah. So this is, I'm sorry, but that's just like something that I hate about SportsCenter. It's just like, dude, no one gives a shit about this fucking Division two college catch that happened over the fence. Like, David Villa just scored a fucking banger top right corner and you're showing me this dumb ass play. I'm sorry. I, I'm cooling down. No, that's awesome. Let you that's talk that's so literally exactly my feeling. So <laughs> you just, whatever you just said is exactly what I was feeling. So thank you. Um, but no, that's, and that is the point. And that's also kind of the reason why ESPN and Fox are kind of losing out to even smaller networks on the internet. Um, yeah. People realize that they're way more worried about pushing their agendas than they are about actually covering sports like real journalists. And that's a big problem. Um, And so to kind of wrap this little segment up, it's a matter of, you know, my biggest point about this, this topic was the MLS and soccer in the United States is actually here. It's not coming soon. It's not coming. It's here. You have, especially next year when FC Cincinnati joins the league, they're going to boost the average attendance for games at the MLS. Yeah. And you know, it's going to continue being a thing year in, year out. I just saw a tweet last night that Minnesota United sold 50,000 tickets for their uh, season closer. Yeah. And this is a team that sucks. Yeah. Minnesota is not having a good season. Yeah. They are, you know, they are not having a good season at all, but for the people in Minnesota to to want to come out and watch, you know, for 50,000 people in Minnesota to come out and watch the season closer of a season that doesn't matter because they were bad and and, and it's probably going to be a game that they lose. Yeah. But there's still 50,000 people going like yeah. that to me is is crazy. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? no, I think your point of saying, like, the MLS isn't coming up, like, I think that that's something that mainstream media just hasn't picked up on yet. Like, the MLS is here. It's shown that it's a stable league. There's no more, like, thinking that, oh, is there a chance that it's going to survive? Like, no, it's it's here. It's it's People are excited by it. So it's just a matter of now the rest of the country, the people that only watch ESPNs, only watch these sports center segments to, um, to kind of experience that, to, to, to realize that. Because us that are kind of actively involved in it understand that the MLS is very much here. Um, it's just a, it's just need the rest of the country to pick up on it. Yeah, and and like I said, I don't think no effort from ESPN or any of these other mainstream outlets is going to detract from people going to MLS games because clearly it hasn't been, and it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, and then ESPN is going to look silly when in a couple of years where they're like all their when they start covering soccer, then they're going to go, oh hey ESPN, that's great that you decided to do this ten years too late. We're over here on this channel now watching it. So yeah. Sorry. Right. But okay, we've harped on that enough. Let's move into kind of what's been one of the biggest topics surrounding soccer and soccer player, um, and it's this Cristiano Ronaldo um, rape accusation that's come up and and. Um, it's, it's just been huge news and there's been kind of input from people left and right. And, um, I think we, it's important for us to get into this and discuss it a little bit. So I'm going to read just, um, for anyone who may or may not know what's going on, I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs from, um, 
an NBC News article just so we can catch everyone up. But so Christian Ronaldo, subject of a lawsuit filed in Las Vegas by Catherine Mayorga, who publicly came forward to accuse the Portuguese superstar of raping her after she she was separated from a group visiting his hotel penthouse at his invitation. Um, so ger- a, a German news paper came out and reported that the alleged crime happened early last year. The accusations became a huge international story last week um, after they published it. Um, Mayorga, she claimed that she was coerced into accepting a payoff of um, over $300,000 in 2010 to buy her silence. And now she's seeking to overturn that non-disclosure agreement that she signed at the time. Um, The Las Vegas Police Department announced this week that it was reporting that was reopening its investigation um, into the events of June 13, 2009, um, where the police actually responded to a call of sexual assault at the time. um, And the spokesman had said that the case was closed um, because the victim did not provide detectives with the location of the incident or suspect description. So this has opened up a huge, huge can of worms. Um, Juventus came out in some kind of ugly... um, defending Ronaldo, but kind of in an ugly way. Um, They were denying it and they came out tweeting, said that um, uh, my clear conscience would thereby allow me to await the tranquility of the results without all investigations. Um, They were saying like Ronaldo has amazing worth ethic and anyone who's ever seen him worth like work the way he does would know that this is not something he would do, which is kind of like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Um, but just kind of wanted to first get your thoughts on that before we kind of dive into everything else that's this has this has opened up. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 such a weird time in in, in the world landscape with these kind of things. I mean, we as a country just elected a guy who was credibly accused of yeah. sexual assault onto the Supreme Court. So, the fuck, do I know about yeah, this content? Right, but it's a weird time where these things have to be taken with such like gentle care because it's it's a serious allegation i don't care who you are it's super serious and and you got to take it with the right amount of of respect and it seems like juve are kind of playing that card of oh like i would he would never do that everybody knows who he is but I mean, look at Bill Cosby. Everybody knew who he was, yeah. and, and then they didn't because right, he right. wasn't like that. And right. so, okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not accusing Cristiano Ronaldo right. myself here because no one knows the truth right. about the situation aside from the two people. Right. Um, but, you know, it's such a layered thing because when you look at this, when you look at Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Literally biggest global superstar you could possibly imagine. He's, I think, what, the most marketable athlete on the planet right now? Um goes to Juve, Juve stocks rise so much. Right. Juve is put back on the absolute global map, which right. is what we talked about when they did a re- when they did their rebrand and everything. Um and this essentially kind of they were in the limelight, right? And so some people might think, "Oh, why did she wait so long to want to reopen it or whatever?" And that's another argument that's like, well, who knows why it doesn't right. really the, the, matter what it's happens with really these people and i mean it's scientifically shown that they go through like a blackout phase where it's a I mean, big denial and you oftentimes don't even remember the situation like that when it happens to you so um but yeah it's 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 crazy man because one argument that people make it's like you can't put like what you see a person as and, and claim that they'll never be able to do something else because it's it, everyone has multi different sides to them and it's like yeah he's a really good person to you but that doesn't mean that he's a really good person to xyz yeah right so for us in the world of football and he's he's my favorite footballer um it's shocking i mean at the same time when i first heard it i was like oh she's just some some lady trying to take advantage of him that's kind of the um male reaction to it and it's it's an ignorant reaction i will say but um after kind of looking into it and there are pictures with him with her and it's 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 a legit thing man and it's 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 kind of scary to think that like this guy that i have looked up to for so long could be capable of doing something like that um and so fans all over the world are kind of torn by it um nike and ea which is cut were two of ronaldo's biggest obviously sponsors um have come out and and have said that they are deeply concerned by the disturbing allegations um and they're going to continue to monitor the situation nike who has a the uh, it's like reported to be a one billion dollar deal with cristiano ronaldo um and the whole host of other kind of um 
endorsement deals that Ronaldo has. I think he has an endorsement deal for like every single body part you could imagine. Um, That's another interesting article. Creams. Yeah, it's like every every single thing. Hair product. Like every single thing this guy has an endorsement for. So um, it is going to be super impactful on his legacy as a a footballer and as a person. Yeah, and I think that Clearly, look, we don't know where this case is going to go. We don't know who's right. We don't know who's wrong. I think one of the more interesting aspects of, of reading all of, of talking about this is genuinely like the impact. Like you said, like, you know, FIFA, he is the he was the person on the cover of this year's FIFA. Right. And then in the game, they took one of his images down, like a very prominent image. I think is like you log into the game, to like press start or whatever. He was the background. Of yeah, it. they took it down. Yeah. And then a couple weeks later, they put it back up. Yeah. And it seems like everybody's kind of in this middle of this game of like, wait, guys, we have so much money invested in this guy and he's bringing us so much money. Do we continue to support him or do we not continue to support him? And yeah. this weird thing. And it's like, well, you know, it's just crazy because there's so many different ways of looking about this, right? Like, yeah. like you said, he has an endorsement for everything. And yeah. it's like that company, they can't just wait around for yeah. the, for this to come out. Yeah. But at the same time, if they don't, have a reaction now right. they're going to be accused of trying to cover up absolutely the situation yeah and so it's a big fucking I shit storm mean, in terms of football let's let's go into that first he's already being affected by it right he got removed off of portugal's upcoming games um which like is crazy because it's like the innocent till proven guilty thing but it's also portugal uh, taking a pretty important step like they as soon as the news comes out they're 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 not having it they're they're kicking him off the squad um that's big um just how it's played for juventus now and how they've had to react to it there they seem like they're trying to protect their golden boy and and do whatever it takes to kind of make him feel comfortable um he just scored this weekend and he had a celebration where he was kind of saying like give me space and it's just so loaded there's so many aspects to it and um it's not like we've never seen a huge player go through kind of a, a scandal like this. I'm thinking of Tiger Woods and how it affected him. He had that whole thing with the, um, like oh, how many freaking women came out and said that they had like, <laughs> they, he was like, uh, um, he cheated on whoever it was yeah. with them. And um, he kind of spiraled into this like sad state for a while. He had the, the DUI and I have no idea if that was associated to any of that, but like he was at a point where he was untouchable or so we thought he was untouchable until all this came out. And then he, he kind of crashed and now he's coming back a little bit, but it's like Tiger Woods at that point, um, top 15 athlete, top 15 athlete. I think he was the highest paid athlete at that. I mean, he also had crazy endorsement deals, but Ronaldo in terms of, um, publicity is number one comes out, comes out on top it's uncomparable. So f- for him, the crash could be huge if it is if it is a real thing. Yeah. Um, the thing that I think is interesting, and I know this is going to sound pretty bad, but please listen to me before I like finish the whole. Listen to what I'm about to say completely before you d- judge me too much. With Tiger, his play quickly decreased. Yeah, yeah his yeah. level of play went from really high up yeah. to really, really yeah. fucking shitty. Yeah. With Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't see his play ever really decreasing. Yeah. Um, so that might have an effect. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Please comment. Let That's me know true. guys. I, I don't know if this is too, too far out, but I don't see his level of play dropping so drastically from one moment to another, unless, you know, it starts to truly affect his mental state. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man, it's from a footballing sense. Like he's still scoring goals. He's still playing well. The club did try to protect him, but, or is still trying to protect him, of course. But at the same time, it's such a, crazy crazy situation so okay interesting question for you here then (sighs) say it comes out that it's true right ronaldo's legacy to you as a as a footballer right even though this has nothing to do with footballer is it stained is is do you look at it because these things matter right at at the end of the day you look back and you say yeah he was a five-time blonde door winner but he was a rapist (laughs) like does that does that impact how people look at him um as a player is it will it play a role huh it's funny because my initial reaction was to say no because i i like to think that i'm able to separate things like i don't generally i don't really think christian ronaldo i think sometimes christian ronaldo is way too arrogant i yeah, think yeah. christian ronaldo is kind of a dick but i love him as a footballer right. i think he's phenomenal on the field and he's right. absurd right. at what he does so in my opinion at first i wanted to say 
uh, no, it's not going to affect it. But then I think about it, and I'm like, if I ever said, yeah, but Cristiano Ronaldo was the best because he had five Ballon d'Ors, and my buddy yeah. looked at me and said, yeah, but he was a rapist. And then you go, well, fuck, yeah. I got no argument. Well, it's almost that same Bill Cosby thing. Like, Bill Cosby was phenomenal as as an as an actor and as a comedian. Like, he made a lot of people really happy for generations, right? Like, he was a figure. But now he has all these uh, allegations against him, and, it, and it's like, if you even say that, it's ridiculous because now it seems as if you're trying to like defend him, but you're rea- people seem to forget that you can have one thing and also have another thing. Right. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. Right. right. Like Cristiano Ronaldo, he can be a five-time Lone Door winner and also and be, be a rapist. rapist. Right. Right. But it's like, <laughs> right. but it's like, will you be? Will people be able to separate that? It will. It oh. will it be those. Will it be the five blonde ors with an asterisk? It will be. Yeah. I think that the the way that the media today runs and the way that it's fed. This will be if it comes out that it's true. This will take up news space in every single country forever. And should it? Yeah, it should. Yeah, but it's also I like so well. you shouldn't discount what he does on the field. Yeah, it 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 is it's difficult. It's gonna be like yeah, it, some things trump other things in terms of just like um. That doesn't really matter that he was a great footballer if he was a shitty person, like super shitty to the point where he like raped someone. Like that's a that's a thing that's like yeah hard to overlook, right? Like people at the end of the day are going to be like, sure, he could have been a great player, but like his his legacy as a person on earth will not matter. Yeah, that's true. And I guess the, it would be really sad if this was the deciding factor between him and Messi <laughs> yeah, being like, the yeah, best well, player. Yeah, they they both had phenomenal careers, but Ronaldo's a rapist. So like, who the fuck cares? Yeah, it's it's crazy and um. I personally don't want to see this come out as being true because, again, he is kind of the reason why I even fell in love with the sport and fell in love with Manchester United and everything that I kind of have as a as a footballing fan re- revolves around Ronaldo. <laughs> um, so I don't want it to be true, obviously. Um, that this is going to be a long, played out, played out thing. Yeah, man, and it'll be hopefully. Well, the other thing about it too is that if she's out, if she's claiming that she got paid hush money and now she's breaking her her uh nda then clearly she won't be able to be paid off again yeah that unless she just ran out of cash for yeah, whatever yeah. reason right right so right. it's one of those weird things where it's like i don't think any amount of money is gonna make her or make this go away yeah um because if that were the case it would have never come out yeah um this nda thing is pretty interesting too it's like so you sign an NDA. So you knew that there's something there, some, some, something there happened, and what's the NDA? It's like, I don't know if these kind of um, super star players have the women that they sleep with sign these NDAs regardless. Like, I, there might just be something that like, <laughs> hey, we had sex, but you can't really talk about it type of thing. Like, that's something that I know rappers do. It's like, you can't, we can't have this. Imagine that lifestyle. Though. Oh, hey, you're about to leave. Wait, real quick. There's a form <laughs> out have, the door. Yeah, Can make you sure you sign, sign this, drop this off. Um <laughs> Because I know that some like artists and musical talent, like they'll do that. Like they'll they'll have whoever male women, whoever they're they're sleeping with, sign these things. It's like, hey, sure, we can do this, but you can't. Yeah. Um, So it's interesting. It's it's such a tricky situation. It's interesting that Las Vegas reopened the investigation, though. Yeah, that is that is serious. Having the police investigation that that's something that um is important is like that police investigation having been opened at one point and closed and now reopened um shows that there is some credibility to it yeah um yeah god i really hope this isn't true i do love him as a footballer you know and it's just gonna rock the world completely and it's gonna be one of those absolutely like monumental things if it does come out that it's true i mean christian is kind of a weird dude too like especially when it comes to like women and like yeah. the like like for example, he has come out and said that his son will never meet the mother, his yeah. mother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. Which has also led to my favorite theory on this planet that his son isn't actually his son; it's his clone. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's my favorite <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my entire yeah. life because I want it to be true so bad because it would make perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo is the kind of guy who would clone himself. Yeah, yeah. Like make a mini Ronaldo. Like, I'm gonna live forever. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, dude. I I think that that to me is it would be amazing if his son were actually a clone. But anyway, jokes aside, it's he is a weird dude when it comes to this kind of stuff. So who knows, man? I mean, we'll have to just wait and see how, how this plays out. Um, it's very delicate situation and people really should take it very seriously and not just dismiss it because he's a footballer and he's been amazing. Take it for what it actually is and not what you want it to be, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and to go to, to go a little bit, just a little bit more into this to show how kind of 
important Ronaldo is. The freaking Portuguese prime minister came out in defense of him. Um, he came out and said, if there's something we have proof of is that he's an extraordinary professional, an extraordinary sportsman, an extraordinary footballer, and someone who has honored and given prestige to Portugal. And certainly what we all wish for is that nothing can ever stain that record of Ronaldo. So, man, to have the freaking prime minister talk about a professional player... Um, is crazy. I mean, Ronaldo has impact. We think of like world impact, but like in Portugal, he is the closest thing to a god that, that there is. I mean, he helps out so many people there. His foundations um, have helped Portugal so much. Um, I, I don't think it would have good reverberation around Portugal if this came out as being true. It, it would harm a lot of people in the sense that like he may not have the money to support all of these foundations and, and different kind of groups and organizations that he does support there. Um, and I mean, his name is just stamped so, so all around Portugal that it would just not be a good look if, if this were true. Yeah. And I think that's actually something that I'm glad you super glad you brought this up because that's the other aspect of it. Everything that he's done on the pitch is amazing. Right. But what he's done off the pitch in Portugal is even more so amazing. Yeah. What he's done for the island that he is from is phenomenal. He like the the airport's named after him. Like he has museums there. He keeps yeah. all of his Ballon d'Ors there for public viewing so that when people come to pay to go to that museum, it goes to the museum yeah. and it goes to the community. What he's done for communities across the world. Yeah, he, it's not just Portugal. He helps so many. He I mean, he's his like sponsorship list is crazy but his also his charitable like donation list is is as impressive yeah it's it might even be as long actually yeah, because he right. just is genuinely involved with a lot of different charitable causes and so that's gonna look really bad if it comes out that it is true right. um but then again it's funny that the the, the per portuguese prime minister came out to defend him that way because yeah to the people of portugal he is genuinely the probably one of the best things that ever happened yeah. you know yeah and so but that really can't take away from <laughs> no. the truth yeah, that, that's and people right. seem to like thing. you got to get to the truth yeah. it's not about perception right 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 and that that's what's going to be hard for a lot of people it's 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 bridging that gap between who he was and what he's done and um man it, it, it's going to be the kind of news topic to follow as a footballing fan over the next however long this plays out for yeah i mean it's so funny because think of how many newsworthy noteworthy things he has done right so four out of the uh four out of the five past champions league won by real madrid he has won you know five blown doors he just went to juventus which is a big move that shook the world in the summer um you know Everything is super noteworthy with him, super newsworthy with him. And he's been on like these highs of news and is just keep propelling his image forward. And all of a sudden, this could kind of just send him tumbling. Um, but I will say, I'm just happy he's not American or else we'd elect him to the Supreme Court too. So, <laughs> another podcast. Another Louis. podcast. That's another podcast. Um, interestingly, uh, before we, we kind of close this off, um, Juventus's stock price has fallen 20% since, that news, since this news came out. Which is... A lot for those of you guys who <laughs> for anyone that for follows anyone who, anything financial that is like a, basically a collapse. <laughs> uh, it's very close to being a massive, massive collapse. Yeah. Um, especially because it had gone up so much yeah. with yeah, his yeah. signing and like all of this. So, you know, Juve are banking on this being not true, as yeah. are Portugal, as are a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but wow, twenty percent—that's a lot. Yeah, it's kind of um. Uh, yeah, it's scary. Uh, it, it makes sense as to why Juventus is back, back, backing him so much now. It's like we kind of have a lot, have to. Of, <laughs> a lot of stake here. Yeah. Yeah, so what seems like could have been a really good signing for Juventus might end up being something really awful. But we again, I hope that it's not. Um, I hope that this comes to a um, fair conclusion. Obviously, not just because he's a superstar, but like if it comes out to light that it is, then it is. Um, and, and that we judge him fairly for that. And that we also don't ostracize this woman for doing right. what she's doing. Like, right. Let's not like, right. I'm sure I think the immediate, the immediate thing is, is, is me too, of that ignorant and are like, oh, she's just looking for money. He's a high, high figure. But, um, whether it's fucking Brett Kavanaugh or Christian Ronaldo, we have to react the same. And it's like, it's totally a possibility. And, yeah. and it, we have to, um, make sure that she's treated super fairly in this because that's the only way that, I mean, that it should be it shouldn't be kind of playing sides against anyone yeah and it we shouldn't allow for what we believe 
our idols are yeah. to impact the truth. Right. Absolutely. You shouldn't allow that to overshadow what the truth of a situation is. So yeah, let's not, let's not be dicks to her. Let's yeah. be, let's be nice. Absolutely. Let's uh, take it. Let's genuinely listen to these things and, yeah. and, and be truthful with all of it. So yeah. hopefully the truth comes out. Absolutely. That, that and yeah, that about wraps it up for the um, news topics for this week. That was a, that, that's a big one, but um Again, we'll we'll start throwing a little bit more of these episodes out just to get people um, fully covered on cultural soccer news around the world. Especially because there's so much that goes on week in and week out that right. sometimes I feel like we can't cover it all. Can't so, cover it in the three like t- d- weekly topics that we do. Sometimes we kind of need to go a little bit deeper, and um, these topics I feel like deserved a little bit of that. So for yeah, sure. hope you guys enjoyed this return to this uh, this format. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to share it with your friends. Leave us that five-star review. And I will catch you next week.